The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Whistler While You Retire. I'm Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. Today's episode is the second part of a two-part series with my guest, Mr. Bill Comfort. He is a nationally recognized leader in longevity planning. Bill, thank you again for joining me today, my friend. Yeah, glad to be back, Tim. You know, if, if folks, if you're tuning in for the first time, I would encourage you to be sure to go back and listen to the previous episode where Bill and I kind of introduced folks to the long-term care planning, the longevity planning when it comes to retirement. Because I believe in that episode that we uncovered and established a pretty good foundation. We talked about, you know, some definitions of what long-term care is. We talked about how to understand the difference between healthcare, like Medicare, and long-term care, like when we need help with some custodial care, okay? So be sure to go back and listen to that. We talked about some myths, some misperceptions of long-term care. It was a fantastic episode. I was so, such an honor to be on this side of the microphone engaged in conversation with Bill. So be sure to go back and listen to that. But in today's episode, we wanna continue the conversation and we're gonna drill a little bit further in detail today because we're gonna talk about topics that are so vital to the longevity planning process. We're gonna talk about the options that are available for long-term care policies. How, to, how do we fund a plan in place? Um, what are the key policy elements? What do, what do we look for? Again, we talked about this last time. This is a, a very foreign language to a lot of people. And, and if we don't understand something, we as humans tend to kind of shut down and just say, hey, I don't understand it. I don't want to mess with it. But I think it's so important we understand policy elements. What do they mean? What are the ones that we may need to consider? What are some of the benefits we don't need? You know, how do we design the plan to meet your needs? And then, and then we're going to be sure to carve out some time to to share a case study. So, so Bill, if you if you would, uh, I know that your um, expertise. You've been been doing this now, serving you know folks in in your community and, and having your business now in your thirtieth year. Let's talk about a little bit. Um, about the, the long-term care history. In other words, you know, some of the early plans that came out and kind of the, the features of those plans, um, because I think there's probably gonna be a few people listening in where they helped mom and dad, or maybe they saw the benefits of mom and dad's traditional long-term care policy play out. So let's kind of start there and talk about those benefits and kind of evolve into the conversation about how long-term care insurance companies have evolved to create the plans that are available today. Sure. Yeah, it, it's um, it's interesting. That's a that's a great question, a great place to start uh, here. Um, you know, folks who today or you know ten or fifteen years ago were in their seventies, eighties, and reaching the point of needing care. If those folks had happened to have long term care insurance that were coming to claim, uh, 
when those folks were getting into their late 70s, early 80s, when claims typically start. They probably bought that policy back, if not in the early to mid-90s, maybe even the late 1980s. And long-term care insurance back then was very different than what is uh, available uh, to purchase today. So one of the things I think to say to your audience, Tim, is if you've had a family member with long-term care insurance, and particularly if it wasn't a very good experience in using the policy, some of the complaints that I hear from folks in that circumstance are because they were policies that were designed a, a long time ago and were very different. For example, uh, there were a lot of policies sold in the late 80s, early to mid 90s. They were nursing home only. Mm -hmm. And so you have someone who's 82 and you want to hire a good home care agency, aides to come into the home. And now families are like, mom, dad paid for this stuff for 25 years or maybe more, and now it's not paying for what they want. Well, it was never designed to pay for home care um, or, or assisted living, perhaps. Um, and I think that's been one of the biggest issues. Um, before about 1993, there were some other problematic issues, and, and thankfully... Um, you know, our old timers are, they, they eventually leave us and that's sad for us personally, but in kind of the big scope of, of looking at long-term care insurance and our experience, we're kind of aging out of those much older policies. And one of the things that I occasionally still hear is, well, what about this requirement that you have to be hospitalized first, or they won't pay for home care unless you've been in a nursing home first. They, they, these are things called step downs, prior hospitalization. Those provisions became illegal to issue on new policies starting in about 1993, 27, 28 years ago. The problem is the older policies before that, those got to stay in place with some of those problematic provisions. So I think my message and your question's great about sort of history and development of this, of this product is if the experience has been negative, particularly with a much older family member who's maybe had the coverage for a couple decades or more, those older policies are not, it, 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 say it this way, the policies today, the new policies, all of the different designs are much more robust, mm -hmm. are comprehensive by nature. Home care, adult daycare, assisted living, memory care, and nursing homes, that's all built in. And some of these problematic definitions are gone. So make sure you're looking at what's really available today and not just maybe, you know, the, the problematic stuff that was sold years ago. Absolutely. And, and that triggers a thought, you know, I, I love looking back at history and, and, looking at and reading about the quotes of some very, very, you know, popular people, you know, and very successful people. And one of my favorite phrases that Henry Ford said was that when people 
it said something like, if people asked me, um, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. <laughs> and then you think about what Henry Ford did. He, he, he invented the automobile. You know, here right. we are a hundred and some years later, but look how the automobile has evolved. So just because we had maybe a bad experience with a prior model, quote unquote, does not mean that we shouldn't maybe take a look at it today. Because again, automobiles have developed over time. Long-term care policies have, have developed over time. Great and analogy. Yeah. That was one of the things, you know, as we were talking and as I was talking with Patrice in a previous episode, you know, we, we introduced folks to the indexed annuity concept because it was a reaction by life insurance companies when CD rates started going down. Because life insurance companies were saying, hey, hey, wait a second here. We've got an entire genre of people who want nothing to do with the stock market. They just want to have some returns that are, you know, consistent, if not maybe greater than the rate of inflation. And bank rates are going down. We got to help them. And they evolved into this product, the fourth member of the annuity family. So, so thank you for sharing that, Bill. I think that's so important for people to understand that just because maybe the policy that mom or dad or maybe grandpa or grandpa had does not mean that's the exact same policies that exist today. So, so thank you right. for that. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's, let's talk about the two different types that are available for folks when we start to design a plan, because it's just like what I tell people when it comes to Medicare, you've got basically two options. Once you've got Medicare A and B, now to kind of pick up the difference, we can go option one, which is a supplement and a standalone drug plan, or we can go option two with a Medicare Advantage plan. I tell people all the time, one is not better than the other, they just work different. Right. It's just a matter of understanding the differences. So let's, let's kind of hit on the highlights of the traditional long-term care policy that kind of sits on you know, what chassis that sits on. And then let's flip the switch and we'll talk about the asset-based long-term care plan as well. So let me say, let me say this before we get into that. And it's just, it's a very simple idea, but it kind of ties back to what we talked about in the previous episode, um, which is understanding what care is, what kind of care you would want for yourself what kind of care your family would want for you as well, because they're going to play a role. And, and that is this, this concept. The policy, the long-term care insurance policy, is not the plan. The policy pays for the plan. So part of this idea of looking at, is it traditional long-term care? Is it asset-based long-term care insurance? Uh, what, what amount of coverage, how much per month lasting for how many years and so on. All of those variables really have to be in the service of what's your plan for care. If you want to stay at home as long as possible, how does that work with your spouse, your kids, where you live, how much money you need for home care versus assisted living and, and so on. So just a, just a broad concept here as we begin to talk about and break down the policy details, remember that it's first important to talk about what care is and how you might want to get the care, what it could cost. Then we begin to design the policy to pay for that. Um, so let's start with the traditional. The traditional, some people call it standalone long-term care insurance. That's the type that's been around for 40 years. Okay. Um, that's the type that's gone through many, many changes and has really been the foundation of this whole concept of long-term care insurance. And in some ways, it's very simple. 
it's pure long-term care insurance. You pay a premium each year to be covered as the policy defines. If you need care, you're covered each year. Kind of like your auto or your homeowner's insurance. You pay a premium each year to be covered each year. Long-term care insurance is a little more permanent in that you buy it and you need to keep it until that point that you would need care. Um, but it's uh, the traditional or the standalone long-term care insurance is you pay a premium to provide a benefit if you need care. There's no cash value. There's no death benefit. It, you can get a return of premium rider, which is kind of like a death benefit, but most people don't do that on the traditional policies. They just want to keep it simple and with the premium as low as possible. So and you mentioned the asset base. So we'll look at that in a moment. I want to just set something up kind of for the comparison. The traditional policies, it's the lowest premium for the most long-term care benefits, but it's also just the pure insurance. There aren't extra uh, value like building cash value that could benefit you in other ways or having a death benefit that you know could return premium if you never need care, for example. So that's the traditional model. It's still available. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's uh, priced more correctly today than it's ever been. Um, but th that's a uh, that's a, a another level. So let me let me pause there uh, and, and let you keep asking uh, the questions to move us along. Sure. No, and I and I think that's that's a great intro to that because that's exactly what we need to understand if we're going to create a hedge against that potential of longevity. You know, it, it's like, it's like when we have spoken in previous episodes, when I was, you know, sharing some other information, when Patrice and I were engaged in a conversation, people understand that if somebody asks me what I do for a living, I just simply tell people, I try to help people avoid taking unnecessary risk in retirement. And it's just a matter of whether we believe it or not, <laughs> these are the challenges we'll face when we're in that distribution phase of life. So if longevity is something that they've either experienced, like we've said before, by taking care of mom or dad and concerned about, hey, I've got some great genes because grandma and all my aunts and uncles lived well in their 90s, having a plan in place and looking, like you said, Bill, at the plan that funds the, the, long, you know, the mitigation process, by all means, a traditional long-term care policy is a fantastic way to create that hedge because we can factor that in as an expense as we're looking at the budget right. in retirement years. Right. So, That's right. You know, and I think too, I'm sure you've had this conversation with people before, you know, it's when somebody pays off their mortgage of their house. I have yet to meet a person who the same day cancels their home insurance policy. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that. Nobody does. No. So why not, you know, if, 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 if our retirement income is vital to us enjoying the retirement income we have, you know, envisioned, by all means, I think we need to kind of put a plan in place. And I think a traditional long-term care policy is certainly a very viable option to kind of hedge and, for that. And, you know, Tim, bef before we take the next step here to talk about some of the other types of plans that are there, I just wanted to kind of draw back to some of what we talked about in the last episode, but you keep mentioning rightly 
planning for longevity. And, and, and this is something that it's, it's, it's so simple, but it's really easy for any of us to, to kind of dismiss or forget. Everything else in a person's life related to retirement, saving, diversifying your investments, um, you know, having enough assets to support the lifestyle that you want to have in retirement, all of those decisions are based on a belief that it's reasonable, if not probable, that we could, if not, will live a very long life, 80, 85, 90, if not longer. And here's the pivot. If it's reasonable that you could live to 85, 90, or longer, which everything else that you're doing financially is based on, isn't it reasonable you could need care for a few years along the way? Great point. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to plan for it. And the longevity increases the risk of needing care. I, I mean, that's sort of an obvious statement, but we don't always connect those dots. You're right. And, it, and it's, it's a great point because if we're talking to clients about, you know, when is the ideal time or the optimal time to elect Social Security benefits? Right. It's almost a very similar conversation. But, but like you said earlier, you know, this is disability for that post-retirement years. We're not really losing income because Social Security is not going to be taken away. A pension is not going to be taken away. Um, hopefully retirement assets last us through our years. But my goodness, we need to really think through the process. If, if we're planning to live for another 25, 20, 25, maybe 30 years in retirement, by all means, we better have a plan in place in case we don't have as much independence then as we have today. Right. So one of the things, and, 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 and let's, let's at least define it, and then, may, I don't know, I think you've got an example to share as well. There's the traditional long-term care, and there's this new class of asset-based or hybrid long-term care insurance that, that marry, uh, you know, like a hybrid car has gas and electric components. Mm-hmm. Hybrid long-term care has life insurance or an annuity with uh, additional benefits for long-term care as well connected to them. And it's really, revolutionized might be too strong a word, but I I think it's appropriate. (laughs) It's certainly allowed more people to be comfortable funding for their potential future long-term care needs uh, with an insurance product, life insurance or an annuity, long-term care insurance, because it they know that some they're going to get some benefit from it. The cash value's there. If they never need care, there's a death benefit that's paid. And if they need long-term care, the insurance creates more money through that hybrid asset-based policy than they would have had uh, on their own. It's more expensive because you have the cash value and the death benefit as well. But there's a tremendous value proposition in that uh, for many people um, as well. They really work exactly the same. The way you get the money, the way you qualify for the benefits, um, you know, how much per month or how many years of benefits. You, you have all of those different design flexibilities 
uh, that work the same no matter what you have. It's how do you want to use it or design it? Totally agree. And, and you, you alluded to this in the first episode where you talked about planning ahead. You know, having having the adult conversation about a topic that is not popular, it's not something we want to think about, but I think it's just an important thing to do because I know one of the things we talked about in our training was that a lot of times a death can bring a family together. An illness can split people apart, families apart. And I kind of try to look at that from the standpoint of, you know, if we're in those golden years of retirement and we're enjoying time with family, with kids, with grandkids, traveling, the absolute last thing we want to do is realize some type of friction in the family because of something we may have been able to help avoid by simply putting a plan in place. Right, right. You had you had mentioned, Tim, an example or a story of a client of yours and, and how that how that worked. And I think that's a great example here that can show the benefits, right? How, how it's structured and the benefits of how it works. Sure. So, so this story here, um, 73 year old lady, um, she had experienced, um, you know, that care, taking care of mom and dad, also taking care of her mother-in-law and, um, you know, they had some longevity in their life, but you know, in the, in the last few years, they, they did need some care. And so she can, was concerned about that because not only, um, you know, was she you know, looking at that as longevity, but also, well, what if that happens to me? Do we have the funds and financial means available to that? So, so she would, she reached, you know, out to me through a referral and sat down with her, with her husband. And, and the three of us had the conversation. And, and I, so I just, like we've always talked about, just describe for me what you think may happen with the funds you currently have in place. And let's see if maybe there's a way we can possibly improve that situation. Because by no means, you know, in all the years I've been helping people, and I know, Bill, you would agree with this, most of the times you don't really see too many people do anything wrong. They just maybe have a couple of gaps here or there. Right. And I think that's our jobs as professionals to say, look, we're not going to come in here and completely disrupt everything you've done to this point. Let's just make sure we don't leave ourselves exposed because sometimes in this world, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So when I sat down and I had that fact-finding conversation with them, and we're just simply talking, you know, the key elements, the the income, the assets, the expenses, they share with me, hey, we've got this little bucket of money over here that is invested in some some stocks, some bank stocks. Okay, perfect. What's that for? Well, we don't really need it for income. It's just in case we get sick. Perfect. That's great. So you've got you've got a little bucket, little bit of bucket of money over there. So I just at, posed that question. I said, if I could show you a way where we could simply take a set amount of money, not all of it, set amount of money from this and simply just exchange it from one pocket to the other, but maybe improve its ability to provide some means financially, would you like to take a look? Sure, absolutely. So long story short, what we ended up doing for this client was we took $150,000 of the account, which was about a third of that account. $150,000 of an, the existing stock account, we transfer that into an indexed annuity that had an income rider on it, okay? So, so for those of you who are kind of just tuning in for the first time, what an income rider can do, it, it creates an element of, of pension, if you will. You have the ability to draw funds from a policy that is paid out through a lifetime income rider. Therefore, it's kind of like a pension, okay? Now, that was not the key element of the overall plan. The overall plan to utilize this, this annuity first was to 
protect it from downside. Because where the funds were currently sitting, I asked them, I said, hey, has these, you know, have these stocks ever lost value? Oh, yeah, a couple of times they have. Okay, well, let's make sure that doesn't happen. How's that sound? Perfect. So we put the $150,000 in the, into the indexed annuity. And then beginning in year one for 10 years, we're going to withdraw $15,000 a year from that indexed annuity to fund a 10-pay asset-based long-term care policy. So now what that provides for her day one, that asset-based long-term care policy provides her with a bucket of money of $245,000 of funds for long-term care benefits. So, you know, right there, day one, $150,000 is now worth $245 if she needed care. And like we said before, when, when Bill and I were talking, she would probably want to get care at home. So, okay, that helps pay for that home health care. Etc. So, so what the the neat thing about this product is is that the benefits will pay out about fifty one hundred dollars a month for four years. And because, like you said earlier, Bill, because this is an asset based contract, folks don't miss this. If she would peacefully pass away in her sleep, having never needed care, what does her beneficiary receive? Not only do they receive the remaining funds inside of the indexed annuity, but also a minimum of about one hundred twenty two thousand dollars in death benefit from the long-term care-based policy. So that's what, you know, Bill, that's what you were alluding to earlier. And, and as we were kind of planning for our episode today, that was the case study that came to mind because I'll tell you what, and I know you, you get the same reaction. When you can show people how we can properly leverage funds on something, maybe they were not even aware that something like this existed. Right. How good does that feel? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and helping people, you know, like in that example, you know, a question is, so if you or your spouse needed care tomorrow, where would you get the money? You know, well, you know, if we were doing care at home, you know, we got to keep all of our regular expenses going. Okay, so you have to liquidate an asset. What asset would you liquidate first? Well, we have these bank stocks that are sort of secure, but, you know, we're not using, that's kind of our emergency money. And let's just take the $150,000 example. What if I could show you a way that we could turn $150,000 into a quarter of a million? Or for people who are younger, their mid-60s, 60, 55, that repositioning of $150,000, that could create four or five or 600000 mm-hmm. for long-term care. It's exactly and, right. and it's just, and it's just, it, it's, it's in some ways a smarter way to self-fund by, by doing that. And, and here's really, that's a great story because it, it, it didn't really cost them anything. You reallocated, you repurposed dollars that were already there for an emergency. You just, you made them bigger and better if cares needed. Um, there's a lot of different ways to fund different tools. By the way, it's why you need, uh, advisors and help like like Tim can provide who not only understands the insurance side, but how do we fund it creatively using annuities that, you know, help make that a, a better financial transaction. At the end of the day, you need some extra dollars to pay for care above and beyond the money that you have that's keeping the lifestyle and the bills paid month to month. You know, um, and and any and all of these policies, the asset based with life insurance, you know, annuities that maybe double your money, 
for someone if you need care or the traditional long-term care insurance is you're creating extra money if you need care. Money that can pay for professional care to take the it's not just take the burden off of kids or your spouse, your kids and spouse are still going to be involved. It reduces the burden. It changes the burden from one that is unbearable and devastating to health and lifestyle to one that can be more easily managed. And I think, you know, we, we finished the, the, the last episode that we did together, Tim, you asked what some of the myths were about long-term care. I think one of the biggest myths or problems when people think about long-term care insurance is they think they have to buy too much. So they think, oh, a nursing home would cost $12,000 a month or assisted living could be five or six or 7,000 a month, you know, and, and you look at insurance to pay for all of it. Right. Yeah. That's pretty expensive. Yep. But what if we could cover four or 5,000? What if we could cover two thirds, three fourths of assisted living? By the way, you still have your income coming in. Exactly. And here's the biggest problem. You have to cover home care first. Yep. Four or 5,000 a month. It's part-time home care, but it's 40 hours, 45 hours a week at that level. That does a family a world of good. And a, a policy with a four or $5,000 a month benefit, that's affordable for most people. Yes, it is. I, I mean, it's just, and I think that's probably the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they think they have to buy this huge amount of benefit, um, but, you, but you don't, particularly if you look at all the variables and the fact that you're going to get care at home first, and that's where the insurance is most helpful for most people. Exactly. And, and I want to share that phrase that you have shared with us throughout the training. When I was, when I was earning my CLTC designation, the policy in place gives the family the opportunity to transition from care provider to care supervisor. And yeah. that just resonated with me. I just think of that every single time I sit down I, and, I, and I engage in a conversation. I love watching people's eyes light up when they talk about their kids, their grandkids. Most people's eyes light up when they talk about their grandkids. I mean, we know that, so that's fine. <laughs> but they know also that if they have a plan in place and it says, look, we don't plan for this to happen, but if it does happen, you don't really have to be here. You don't have to disrupt your life away from your job, away from your kids' responsibilities to take care of us as your parents. Having that plan in place truly gives them that transition just to have the kids to be the supervisor of care and not to be the sole provider of care. It's such an important concept. And, and let, me, let me share that same idea from a little bit different perspective. Okay. Many people think and feel, and, and I get it. I do too. I have four kids. And they they think and feel, I don't want to be a burden to my kids. You know, I I want to have this insurance. I want to do the planning so I'm not a burden to my kids. Well, you know what? If you need care, you're going to be a burden. But I don't want to be. Well, they're your kids. They love you. They need to know you're safe. The question is, to what degree or in what role, as you just said, will the burden fall to them? And it's all about whether you make advanced plans or not. 
kind of last idea. And again, it, it, it kind of can come off as sort of a cliche, but think about this. If I buy long-term care insurance, that policy pays for professional care to take care of me, but who does it really protect? Mm -hmm. Protects my kids, my mm -hmm. spouse, right? Exactly. It, it, yeah, it, it covers me, yep. but it provides for them. And that's the other thing that you have to keep in mind. It's not what happens to you. But if you need care, your spouse and kids are going to pay a price if you don't have a plan in place. That's exactly right. Bill, thank you, my friend, so much. You're very for... welcome, Tim. This has been a pleasure. <laughs> it has been such a great time together. I appreciate it. Folks, I hope that this uh, these two episodes um, got you thinking a little bit because the services that we provide to our clients are intended, again, to help you realize the ideal retirement you have, bring your family together, and just help you realize those wonderful last remaining years of life known as retirement. So thank you again for tuning into this episode of Whistler While You Retire. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you're informed when new episodes are available. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Have a great day, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company.